from Daytona Beach, Florida. This is the Daytona Motormouths Podcast. The Daytona 500 belongs to Franklin, Tennessee's Darrell Waltrip. With two of the preeminent motorsports writers in America. From the Daytona Beach News Journal, Godwin Kelly. Hey, get out of my way. And Ken Willis. Come on, Godwin. Rubbin's racing. This is the podcast for NASCAR fans. Now the checkered flag about to come out. From the home of NASCAR, Daytona Beach, Florida. Here he comes. He's going to the it. bottom. He's down low. The Daytona Motor Mouths on Twitter at NASCAR Daytona or Facebook at NASCAR Daytona or visit online at DaytonaMotorMouths.com. And Kevin Harvin is the Daytona 500 winner. Now, here they are from the Daytona Beach News Journal, Godwin Kelly and Ken Willis. He's going to make it. Dale Jett's going to win the Daytona 500. And a hi diddly do to all of you. Ken Willis, Gavin Kelly, who's uh, pulling double duty right now. He's Facebooking, Facebook living. Yeah, because that rat. Live Facebooking. That rat, Zach Dean, Zach is Dean, in here. Yes, he's, he's, uh, he's at a basketball game of all things. Remember basketball? Yeah. What is it? Yeah, yeah. kind of. So, all right. Almost. So, today on the Daytona Motor Mouse, we're going to talk a little bit about that Hall of Fame, the induction of the 2018 Class of Five. I'll talk about how that irritates me. Irritated. That's my irritation face. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll look ahead to next year and the year after and uh, how long it's going to be before Goblin Kelly and the right rear tire changer for uh, at Roush Racing gets inducted as a package deal. Uh, we got a little, maybe got some Danica news, maybe some, maybe not. We'll see. Like, uh, if if uh, if the form holds, what will happen is any breaking news on Danica will happen 10 minutes after we're done with this podcast and we're back at our desk. Uh, we got uh, Ray Evernham's one of the new Hall of Famers. We'll hear from him. We'll hear from uh, Ron Hornaday's dog. What? Yes. Yes, his dog. We'll talk uh, Chili. Uh, we'll talk... Uh, Martinsville's already one of the what they call a short track. Short track. It's getting smaller too, so we'll talk about that. We'll uh, we'll say adios to uh, Dan Gurney, and we'll play the birthday game, the ever popular birthday game, and we'll start all that right after this. Now we're starting that. <laughs> all right, Mr. Kelly. Uh, five guys went into the Hall of Fame, and normally, you know, you can name them right off the top of your head, but five new guys going in, and uh, and, and you have to think about it a little bit. At least I do. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, I know Ray Evernham because I just mentioned him. Now, right. I know, now I know Ron Hornaday because right. I just mentioned his dog, who's not going into the Hall of Fame. Um, let me see. Ken Squire. Ken Squire. Ken Squire. Um, Smokey Eunuch, right? <laughs> Oh, no, no still no. not. Why isn't he? Oh, because he's not even been nominated. That's why. Yeah, he hasn't been nominated. He hasn't been yet. nominated. Ah, oh, yeah, you got to be. Got to make it past the uh, the Nominate, gatekeepers, yeah. the nominating committee. So we got your Evan Ham, your uh, Ken Squire, your uh, Ron Hornaday. Um, who am I leaving out? Robert Yates. Ro- oh, shoot. He was my favorite one of the bunch, too. Robert Yates. Yeah. And yeah. And then uh, Red Byron, Red Byron, yeah, who who had the uh, good fortune. It was all about timing sometimes, and yeah. he happened to be there right at the beginning, and he was the first uh, champion. He won. I talked about this last week, or wrote about it on the NASCAR This Week page. I think he ran 15 career uh, Cup Series races, what is now the you know NASCAR's big league series, and he's in the Hall of Fame. So anyway, 
that's the way the ball rolls over there uh it's all about you know honoring anybody and everybody and and you know god when they put five in each year and, and the nomination committee gives you 20 nominees a lot and five of them get voted into the hall of fame and so the leftover 15 nominees are joined by five new nominees um and the top five vote getters get voted in regardless of what the percentage of the vote is that they got i mean you could get 30 percent of the vote from the like 50 member uh, election committee and still be a hall of famer baseball of course you know that you have to get 75 percent. you got to be on 75 percent of the ballots a lot a right. lot of ballots out there too so anyway i i uh wrote about this when did i do this what what day was it that i had absolutely no column idea and wrote about this i think it was friday for saturday's paper that could be damn near any days yeah you i was gonna say those days kind of run together <laughs> thanks uh that there should be if you're going to go ahead and have the borderline guys in you know if you're going to have like baseball has uh you know baseball has willie mays but you know but it also has uh i hate to pick on bill Mazeroski, but it also has bill Mazeroski, who's no willie mays uh it's almost like there should be a separate hall of fame for the guys who are the no-brainers uh, richard petty dale earnhardt uh, you know David Pearson, now, those guys. Are you talking? You talk, are you talking about like uh, a Hall of Fame, like all encompassing, like Hall of Fame? I think there should be like a room, a separate room for like like a, the World Golf Hall of Fame, for instance. Uh, Jack Nicholas should not be in the same room of plaques or busts or whatever it is they have as uh, he shouldn't be in the same room as say Freddie Couples. Or Marco Mira, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, Ben Hogan, Bob Jones. Those guys should be in a separate room from, you know, uh, Freddie Couples, Marco Mira, Lanny Watkins. Those guys, right? Davis Love, yeah, yeah. There should be. They're all Hall of Famers, a, but there should be a definite cut line. There should be a. There should be a. An upper chamber, I think, is a would be a good way of of a you know the gilded room. Should be a special room well, for the. I uh, think. Special I think. Uh, Thanks to the uh, Golf Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, they make the NASCAR Hall of Fame look good. Because they put in some people that are just well, it's, crazy. Well, well, no. Crazy, huh? Yeah, but they got to. Crazy they gotta, people. They got to. They got to. Uh, you got to go through all facets of the game. You got the pro game. You got the amateur game. You got the men's game. You got the ladies game. You got the European, the South African. You got a lot of. Uh, you got the pioneers of the sport too. So you, I mean, NASCAR has sort of has the same type of thing. They've got the uh, Cup Series. They've got the old Bush Series. They've got the the short track, uh, the weekly, the modified stuff. The reason Richie Evans is in there, you know, they've got all those things too. They all have their their offshoots. And uh, but I do think there should be somewhere there should be a way of of separating Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, David Pearson from uh, Red Byron, um, Terry Labonte, and those guys. Okay. Yeah, I just think that there should be a way. There should be a okay. there should be a way of uh, I'm gonna put gilding. You the, I'm going to put go you ahead. in the spot here. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, if we had this uh, magical room, yep. are any of these five guys going in? Would they from get, this year? Yeah, no, no, probably not have. from last year. I can't remember. Uh, was there a new no. guy last year? I think I, I think I said who would, who would be in it so far. Uh, um, I th- wrote about it. What day did I not have anything to write about? <laughs> so, so you got your uh, Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, 
David Pearson, Bobby Allison, Kale Yarbrough, Daryl Waltrip. Uh, I'm forgetting somebody else that's way up there on that all-time wins list. Uh, Kale, Bobby, Daryl. Right. Uh, They're all just David, like Richard, right there. Senior. Rusty is a kind of gave him the nod, you know, because he had a whole lot of wins. Right. He had a whole lot of wins and a championship. Right. And I think I'm, I feel like I'm leaving somebody well, out. No, I, you know, you, oh Lee Petty. Lee Petty, Lee Petty goes yeah. in. Uh, he's in that upper chamber. Junior. And uh, yeah, and Junior Ah, you know, ju- oh yeah, I think I might include. Yeah, might include Junior. Yeah. But then you got borderline Rusty Bill Elliott. You know, yeah. to me on the bubble. I guess Tony Stewart would have to be in that list. He'd have to get up there in that list. Uh, Jeff Gordon, of course, who who will be Jeff Gordon next year, Tony Stewart the year after that. Well, you just said a three-time series champ and a four-time series champ. Yeah, they have to be up there. So, And, of course, Jimmy when he's done. But you know how Jeff Gordon got there? Uh, Quickly. Yeah, he got there. I'm going to turn this on myself now. Ah, okay. Ooh. So uh, at this point, it looks like it's pointing at you. Yeah. But oh, I got to straighten up my my earphones. Oh yeah. So uh, Jeff Gordon probably wouldn't have the success he had without the help of one Ray Everham. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And last week, right? Uh, NASCAR had the three of the five. Oh, we're segueing right now. Yeah, we're we? segueing. Yeah, right. So NASCAR had three of the five uh, Hall of Famers. Hall of Famers. Yep. And uh, we got Ray Everham was on the call. Yep. And uh, I clipped out just a little bit, a little snippet. A little snippet. Yep. And so this is uh, Ray Everham's uh, snippet from the uh, press teleconference. Snip away. Had. It blows me away. You know, when I look at the guys that I'm in there with, um, blows me away. And then when I look at the guys that are that are nominated, people that I still look at as mentors, you know, you always picture yourself, uh, you know, it was like going to the, the, the guru on the mountain, going to speak to, uh, to Smokey, or going, you know, sitting in, in Banjo Matthews, uh, shop while he was in the barber chair and just talking and Herb Nab being up with me at you know one or two o'clock in the morning at Banjo stringing IROC cars and showing me how to set a front end and and you know just to be able to to still to talk to to Glenn and Leonard Wood and you know it 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 blows me away it it amazes me and I've been for months. Um, struggling to find the right words to describe it, which I still haven't, and it, and that'll be a problem, I guess, next Friday night if I don't get those words um, completely. But it's, you know, I can tell you that it's it's uh, it really truly just amazes me because I have never held myself in the same light as I hold a lot of those people. Um, when you're growing up, you're thinking, man, if I could only ever be as smart as that guy, oh, if I could only ever be as good as that guy, or, you know, and uh, as I said, to be now in the going into the Hall of Fame with some of them and, and ahead of some of the others. All right. So Ray is uh, duly humbled, as they say. I always find that funny when they say we're hum- I'm very humbled. I would think it'd be just the opposite. You know, I'm not humble. I'm better than you. <laughs> but anyway, they always say that. Banjo Matthews, how do you get it? Do you know how he got his nickname? No. Me neither. 
But <laughs> it, let's inter- move along then. It's interesting that uh, he did start out by saying Smokey. Smokey. Yeah. Uh, he, Smokey Eunuch was a hero to that guy. Yeah. And, uh, and again, he's never been nominated. Right. For the NASCAR Hall of Fame, one of these days, these crazy weather patterns we have. I mean, hell may freeze over someday soon, and uh, and we'll fall out and say, "Hey, look who just got nominated." Yeah. I think once his name appears on the ballot, yeah, you know, for the he'll be uh, top five. Oh, he'll be he'll he'll yeah. he'll get every vote. And the sad the sad uh, state of the the sadness of it all will be that he would not obviously is not there to give the speech, right? Which uh, he loved doing, by the yeah. way. Can we move on to Ron Hornaday's dog? You want to set this up for us? Well, uh, on that same teleconference, uh, they had Ron Hornaday on there. Yeah. And uh, so what happens, the way you do this, uh, let me set this up. That's good, because I asked a few if you yeah. would, and you said you would. So. Okay, so you call in, you get, you put, you're, you're put into a queue, mm-hmm. and then uh, instead of everybody being on the line at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, and you hear people sneezing and coughing and talking, yep. you know, all right, you're, everybody's muted, and they pick out one person, and then you ask your question. So that's the setup, and here is what happened when i asked ron hornaday uh or actually when my name was called to ask ron hornaday a question and then we'll throw in his my question and his response okay thank you our next question comes from godwin kelly of news journal Sorry, yeah, that, that always happens when they my name's called dogs bark <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to about that cast of characters when you first uh, started the truck series in 95. That was a pretty awesome group of drivers. Can you just talk about them and how you all played off each other? Oh, yeah, it's fun to play off them. You know, it's so, so cool about the back of the day. You could sit there and race hard and beat and bang and get the owners mad at you. But when you're all done instead, you can still go to the motor and have a beer and everything. Well, that was a good one. You like that dog? A bunch, of, a bunch of yapping dogs. For the record, that was his dogs. That was his you. dogs. Yeah, his dogs, yes. And, uh, Who apparently know you. <laughs> as soon as my name was mentioned, yeah. and I'm thinking maybe he might have been on a speakerphone. So, well. Cause. All right. Well, I'm uh, I'm filled up on what do you know news. What do you know? What do you know? So I think and we're going to You know what happens when you get filled up on what do you know news? You got to start forgetting things. No. So you, you can fill back up. You, you, that, that's what happens in big time auto racing. Oh, yeah. You get filled you up. Get the, yep. All right. Quick break. And we'll be right back. All right. We're back. Middle, middle leg of uh, the uh, Daytona Motor Mouse. I'm Ken Willis. That's Calvin Kelly. It's the dog leg. It's the dog leg. The dog and, uh, leg, right. This is a little segment we like to call, you'll get that in big time auto racing. You know what you'll get? Uh, I use your uh, three wood here. You'll get uh, You'll get a little. Uh, you don't want to overshoot the dog leg. No. Yeah. You don't want to go through the through the fairway into the woods on yeah, the other side. Yeah. I think yeah. a three wood would be appropriate. Kind here. of feather it out there. Kind of feather it right out to the middle around the 150 mark. And, yeah. Yeah. Take exactly. Works works like a charm every time. 
Uh, here's what you'll get sometimes is uh, the old wait and see game. Uh, we have predicted that as soon as we're done with this podcast, we'll probably get news that Danica has landed a ride for the Daytona 500, maybe even the Indy 500. But as of now, still nothing. 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 Weird. And we still think it's weird, do we not? You know, a few weeks ago you said, what are the chances of Danica running both of these races, the Daytona 500 and Indianapolis? And I said, I think I was over 50-50. Yeah. And now, uh, seeing as how it's January 15th and the Daytona 500 is run on February 18th. Oof. Yeah. I think this is it. I mean, if if they don't have something. This week is it, huh? Yeah, I think if they don't have something together, then Danica's uh, last stand could be the Indy 500. I think she's got a little better chance of getting a car over there. I I found it weird that, I don't know if it was you or somebody that said, well, she didn't want to get in a car that's not capable. But just just about any car is capable in Daytona. I mean, you know, you got to have a real mule not to be able to keep up with the draft. As long as you got a, you know, one of these, like almost like a spec car right out of somebody's shop with the plate on it, you can get in the draft. And it's not about, and, and frankly, it's not about running up front. It's about running. And it's about uh, promoting product and being there to promote the product for a week or so and getting the name out there and getting a lot more visibility and hopefully selling 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 her uh, her clothes her book her this her that well, and and being competitive i think would be a bonus at, at this stage yeah but still i mean yeah it's just getting so late to get I a know, deal together I, know, but I, I just don't understand why one of the big teams doesn't say all right we can you know we well we can do this but it costs it's money. money it's a lot of resources and yeah. shouldn't have anybody a go daddy or somebody like that coming along and saying all right we will fund this i mean we're talking we'll you're probably talking uh probably just roughly a million dollars yeah to, might be right yeah unless you just want to get in the field and turn laps and you wouldn't talk wouldn't take that much we'll see well maybe we'll see. maybe we? As soon as we get out of here and go back to our desk, we'll maybe probably Maybe Dalma still has a car. She could drive. Masters Economy in, number zero, <laughs> Chevrolet. Yep. Last time I saw that, it was being lapped by the field and, and spinning and taking out two-thirds of the uh, Twin 125 field that year. Oof. Oh, I think that was, I think that was the Daytona 500. Uh, I thought it was one of the Twins, but you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, know what else you'll get in big-time auto racing? What that? Uh, you'll get some, uh, some of those uh, socket wrenches. Uh, the the uh, cordless drills, you put a little socket in there and uh, put it on reverse instead of uh, forward because you're taking – you get a lot of uh, bolt removal, which in turn leads to seat removal. And the latest track to uh, take seats out is Martinsville Speedway. Now, they like to call it ISC, the parent company, I think invented the term – uh, we're not downsizing. We're right sizing. I think is when they did it at Daytona. Here we're gonna we're we are right sizing, not downsizing. Right. And when who whatever meeting it was around a big table, whatever board meet not it wasn't a board meeting. Marketing guys, whoever got together, and whoever said I've got it, we'll call it right sizing. He had his drinks ball for him that night, or she had her drinks oh, ball yeah. for her that night, because everybody went, "Man, that is genius! I can't wait to sell this to the media and everybody else." So anyway, Martinsville is right sizing. Do you have the info there in your polls? Yeah. Um, now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the uh, I'm going to read the 
the third graph, and then yeah. and then you've got to use your announcer's voice to read oh, the, my Clay, quote voice? the quote voice, the Clay Campbell quote. Oh, okay. So the seeds are being removed in turns one and two. Now bear in mind yeah. that this is a half mile track. This yeah. is no Daytona. Yeah, this is a half mile track. Itty bitty thing. Yep. Yeah. So it's a little track, little hot dogs. Uh, yes, and then it says in turns three and four. Uh, Dozens of rows are going to be taken out. And then Clay Campbell, who's the president of the Speedway and whose family basically owned it, built it. Probably screwed them seats in. Yeah. So, anyway, there's his quote that we'll have the announcer Uh, read. mm. (laughs) I'm just getting a little ahead of myself here. Uh, Baseball, football, during redoing statements, what we're doing, just make All right. Well, now. I want everyone to know that the sky is not falling, Clay Campbell told the Bulletin. It's not uncommon if you look at other professional sports, whether it be baseball, football, or whatever. They're redoing their stadium, and that's what we're doing here, just making it a better experience. Well, I'm on board with that one. That's, yeah, I, count me in. Ah, uh, well... Whoa. Not a good sign, but it's a sign. Okay. And you know what? And it's true. You do look at uh, – there's not many sporting events you look at where you don't see a bunch of empty seats. I'm watching the Jags and Steelers yesterday. Now, granted, it was 15, 20 degrees or whatever. And uh, especially in the middle ring there around the stadium, that's where a lot of the uh, mezzanine-type seats or the suite seats are where people can go and sit. It's usually this little narrow section. It's a different color than the rest of the right. seats. Yeah. And they can get up and go back into the suite where it's yeah. roughly 72 degrees, and watch through the plate glass window. Or a lot of people in the regular uh, grandstand seats can go back underneath where the well, space heaters are and all that and watch on the well, color TV. There, there was one time where me and the boy yeah. uh, got really good seats. They are like clubhouse seats. Yeah. And so you'd sit, like you are saying. Yeah. You sit, you had a really good seat. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the first level. It was the right. second level, the second cut. Yeah. But then you could go just right behind you, and they had yeah. full service bar, yeah. restaurant, everything. Just you know, that's the modern way. Yeah. So there's a lot of empty seats, but I, what I don't know is how many of those. I I, I think it was a sellout, though. Oh, yeah. This is not the case at uh, at, at Martinsville. They're not going back into the suite and and sipping there's- Glenn Levitt. <laughs> There ain't yeah. no suite. The suite is a pickup truck in the in parking the line. That's, yeah. my, that's my kind of suite. There's a tailgate. But but anywho, uh, yeah, but even even you watch a lot of a lot of sporting events and, and, and you know, unless it's a major championship game or something like that, you, you see more empty seats everywhere you look than you ever did before because people are ingesting their sports entertainment in a variety of ways that don't necessarily involve having to be there in person. Because they can watch it on their phone if they want to, can they not? Yeah, that's pretty much. You know, it's funny. Uh, there's some races at Daytona, yeah, where people uh, they pay the money to get in, yeah. all right, and then they park themselves in front of a jumbo right. screen, right, uh, and watch the race. Yep, but they're there, but they're watching a big TV set, basically. Yep, crazy. Habits die hard, I guess. Yep. Well, I had a good, I had a good seat for that Steeler Jags game. It was, it reclined, it had it all. Well, and the beer was a lot cheaper than eleven dollars. I can tell you that. We were out to watch the first half. Yeah. And uh, I was with a 
diehard Steelers fan yeah, in our well, group. That'll happen. And uh, I was pretty much out of there after one quarter because I just couldn't bear watching oh, her face yeah, contort. Yeah. But they almost came back, but they didn't. And then there was the Vikings game. Unbelievable. I'm still still amazed. I can't even talk about it. It's hard to believe what, what happened there. And here's the amazing thing about the Viking game is the, you know, why they do this, I have not read why they feel they have to – they had the game-winning touchdown with no time left on the clock. Why do they have to kick the extra point? The game's over. It's not the regular season where one of the eighth or tenth differentials used for playoff teams involves – point differentials. There's none of that in the playoffs. Why they felt the need, I don't know. I've read. Maybe there's something obviously a reason there I don't know about. But you know that if Minnesota had gone ahead and kicked the extra point, they would have beat the spread, the point spread. So that there was a half point difference and uh, by not having any time left on the clock and therefore not needing to kick the extra point, uh, they did not beat the spread from what I was told yesterday. A lot of money. A lot so there, of money is a, right there. there is a hook on that. Six and a half hook. points? Yeah. Wow. Four and a half, three and a half, whatever it was. They went wow. down three. It was three and a half, I think. Yeah. Or they went down four. Ah, whatever it was. Damn it. They <laughs> they, they kicked the extra point. A lot of people would have covered. <laughs> Man, they didn't. So they're ticked. All right. That's it. We'll be, uh, we got uh, one more segment left. We got the green, white checkers and the birthday game. Blah, 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 blah. We'll be right back. We're back. Finishing this off, Green White Checkers, Dan Gurney. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big one, huh? Yeah, that was, uh, you know, but the man was, what, 89? No, Keith Jackson was 89. Dan um, Gurney was 86, I believe. 86. Yeah. I mean, still, that's for a race car driver? Yeah, I mean, with, you know. With all that success, that's amazing. Look at, look at his photo file, uh, his historic photo file. You'll see a couple of incidents where he's lucky to make it past 36. So... Yeah, a guy, guys who raced back when he raced, and at and at the places he raced at, and in the machinery he raced in, yeah, you were lucky to see middle age, you know, without or especially without at least a limp, you know. But he'd always look good, man. Well, he always looked good. As you know, the Daytona Motor Mouth podcast is transmitted around the world. Yes, and uh, so you know, this is relevant to anybody that's anywhere near a racetrack anywhere in the world because he raced in europe he raced in asia he raced in australia and he uh, won some road course events for in nascar when he was a ringer there at riverside yep 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 so and he um, won the very first uh, big league sports car race at daytona when it was the three-hour well, daytona continent that that is why he is a legend of daytona yep. because you remember how he did that i do you want me to tell you yeah you go ahead and re- re- he had a big lead he was driving a little lotus I've ridden in that Lotus, by the way. I rode, uh, I rode in it as a passenger, and it was not easy to do because it was kind of oh, built for one. Ocean Center, right? Yeah, the Ocean Center during the fiftieth running of the Rolex, they had the parade. They brought back like forty-five of the past fifty winning cars. That was four years. It was amazing, yeah. And I got to ride in that Lotus back to the Speedway from the Ocean Center, and it was quite a thrill. I'm still trying to. My legs still asleep from cramming <laughs> in there. And uh, he he had a big lead in that three-hour race. And uh, but he ha- he was having issues, mechanical issues, and he said, "I'm not going to make it these last five minutes or whatever. This thing's breaking down on me." 
So he had such a big lead that he parked it just before the start-finish line, and he was up near the wall. And that's an 18-degree banking there, right? Follow me? That's an 18-degree banking. He parked it right up there against the wall, and he waited until he saw that time was up, the three hours was up, and and you got to cross under your own power. You know, and even though he had a big enough lead, you got to cross under your own power. So he turned the wheel to the left, aimed it down the bank at an angle where he would cross the start-finish line, pushed in the clutch, coasted across the start-finish line, and he was the winner of the very first uh, precursor of the Rolex 24. Now, now that's pretty heads-up when you consider there are no two-way radios. You yeah. have to kind of figure this all out on your own. Got a guy with a chalkboard over there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, the fact that he had that recognition of what was yeah. happening and what he could do, I mean, and he put that all together just yeah. in his car, yeah. uh, you know, with no help. So he was so. smart as well as fearless, talented, and a damn good-looking man. He, he was the eagle. He was, <laughs> man. He was great. All right, let's play the birthday game. You ready? I'm ready. We're going to play the birthday game. Goblin's pretty good at this, as we say every week, setting them up for failure, which rarely comes. Uh, Tuesday. Today, as this podcast is unloaded on every unsuspecting soul, A.J. Foyt is uh on tuesday has a birthday and he is how old well i mean i'm doing some ciphering on my scratch paper i see that yeah yeah i'm gonna say he's 82 i told you you were good at this i still suspect the shenanigans no no, 83 aj turns 83 no see i would have said 80 if i knew i would have said it no you got to be one off so it doesn't look (laughs) obvious i know you're good All right, Wednesday, the next day, Lake Speed, the runner-up in the 1987, I believe, Daytona 500. 85. 85 or 87. I knew it was one of them that Bill won. 61. See, and I also wanted to say, as soon as I said Lake Speed, I was going to say, you don't have a chance on this one. I knew you were going to undershoot it. Lake Speed, Wednesday, turns 70 years old. (sighs) Doesn't that make you feel a little old? Yep. Yes, he's pushing. Uh, he's pushing Morgan Shepherdville right there. Wow. Yep. Seventy Lake Speed. We are now ancient. We're getting there. Wow. He went. You know, he went right from like go karts to stock cars, kind of like yeah. Ricky Rudd did. Yeah. That was. Pretty All right. Neat. Now we got. Here's one with an asterisk. It's someone who's no longer with us. So it's the anniversary of his birthday, and we were kind of slim pickings as far as big birthday names this week. So I had to dip into. Uh, into yesteryear and into the uh, the unknown or the what do you, what do you call it the afterlife yeah. yes and I plucked out for Friday it uh, will be Fireball Roberts the anniversary of Fireball Roberts birth Friday if Fireball was still with us today he would have turned how old on this coming Friday you are ciphering look at you oh you're doing numbers I see that you're eighty one. See, this is what happens when you do math. <laughs> You're better off if you just put it in your noodle, you know, and, and yeah. wiggle it around, and then and then you throw it out, spit it out there, you know. Yeah. You're better with that. Oh, okay. You actually tried to do math. Yeah. And you missed missed it big. Oh, okay. He would have been 89, and you okay. said 81. That's a big gulf there for you. You're uh, usually a lot tighter, tighter than that. But anyway, that's all I got for the birthday game. And you got any closing remarks before we head out to uh, pasture? Uh, the Rolex is coming up next week. The Rolex, week, but next the, week. actually, yeah. Let's talk about that little race. It's for, coming up. Uh, it actually starts twenty eight, twenty nine, right? January. Yeah, last but, weekend. But the, it really starts the twenty six. Six. They're on the track. The twenty six. They're on the track. The this will be a big topic next week. Well, it actually starts 
next Wednesday if you want to count the haulers coming in. I don't count that. <laughs> I don't count that. All right. So uh, yeah. a week from Thursday, yep. uh, the track's going to be, I think they open the track at 9, and it's just not going to stop. They're not going to stop. Yeah, it is from, a nonstop four days. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, good. It'll be, well, at least we'll have uh, something going on. Yeah, we so have. We can turn a, the rumor mill off for a few days. Well, there's one NASCAR driver that I know of. Yeah, AJ. That's, that's it. AJ Allmendinger. That is it. And so uh, maybe we can get a little, yeah. you know, get him. Aside. I remember there for a while. Remember we used to think, oh, there's going to be more and more because every time they do it, they say they love it, and that makes you think, do they really love it? Because there haven't been more and more. <laughs> <laughs> And these guys retire, and you think, oh, now they'll do some sports car racing. No, they just end up not doing that. They kind of like not drive, not racing, I guess. So, yeah. And, well, in the other series, the yeah. companion series, yeah. we are going to see some of these young bucks in the uh, Continental Challenge. Yeah. I think it's a three-hour race. Yeah. And uh, so we will see some of them guys uh, over there in that race. Well, uh, all right. Can't wait. Next week, talk more about that. Ken Willis, Godwin Kelly, DaytonaMotorMouths.com, but you know that because you at Godwin Kelly, at Hey Willie and yep. Jay on Twitter. Yep, yep. Follow us, tweet us, Please. whatever. All right. Thank you. Till next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Daytona Motor Mouths. To reach the program, please visit DaytonaMotorMouths.com or follow on Twitter at NASCAR Daytona or Facebook at NASCAR Daytona. And thanks for joining us. Daytona Motor Mouths is a production of the Daytona Beach News Journal.